Welcome to Remember Your Why. I'm your host, Kristen. Many of us suffer from addiction and mental health, and we're here to talk about stories of success and recovery. Whether you're just starting out or have been on the healing journey for some time, it's important to always remember the why that brought you here to this very moment. What makes your heart tick? What sets your soul on fire? What or who inspires you? Whenever you are feeling on the brink of fight or flight, remember you have survived everything that's been thrown your way. Hold tight to that, because what is on the other side of the ugly are some pretty beautiful things that teach us some profound lessons. My hope for this podcast is that it will bring healing and peace to both my guests and the listeners, in some way, in some form. There truly is light on the other side of fear and darkness. Let's find it together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Remember Your Why. I'm your host, Kristen. So a little bit about myself. I am 40 years old. I have suffered from addiction, depression, and anxiety for over 20 years. Um, I was 16 when things kind of really all took a turn for the worse. Um, Started drinking beers and smoking weed and just, you know, the typical high school stuff, typical high school parties. And, uh, Once I got to college, um, I discovered, you know, other things, pills, shrooms, ecstasy, um, anything to, to get me out of my very existence. And I was down for that. As long as I can remember, everything was always masked by a substance. You know, I quote unquote functioned, um, but you're not really functioning. You're, you're maintaining. I just moved around in a complete blur. And really for me, it was more what was going on inside of me that I think kind of spurred my addiction more. Um, I was completely broken inside. I just had no self-worth. I just didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't really, I wasn't a fan of myself. Um, so there was no self-love there. And that definitely played a role for sure. I ended up graduating college, um, (laughs) Just about, thank God. Um, I don't really remember much of college. It was, it's very hazy to me um, because I was always on something or I was always drunk and I was a blackout drinker. So that's why memories are very few and far in between. Life and addiction is dark. It's, it's very dreary. Um, you know, every time I looked in a mirror, I hated what I saw. I didn't want to be me or I just didn't want to be, period. Escaping from my own head was was what I looked forward to every single day. And I made sure that that happened, that that escape happened. I made sure to have drugs or I made sure to have alcohol. Um, It was anything, anything that would help me escape my actual thoughts and feelings. After college, I moved to New York City, and I was actually there for 10 years. Um, And while there, I discovered cocaine. And once I started Coke, it was off to the races for me. I was completely hooked in a bad way. Um, I needed it daily. I remember doing bumps, you know, throughout the night, doing bumps in the shower before work, and then going to work and bringing Coke with me. So I could do bumps. I remember sneaking bumps underneath my desk. I was a receptionist and 
I literally would sneak bumps under my desk just to get through the day. Um, it's kind of disturbing saying that out loud. Um, you know, I also did a lot of things for drugs while living in the city that I'm not proud of, but all I saw was drugs and that's what I wanted and that's what I needed. That's what I told myself. So that's what I got. I was in a cycle and just on a merry-go-round that, to be honest, I'm not sure that I wanted to get off of it at the time because that's what I knew. That's all I did. And that's how I survived. You know, I said college was a blur, but I have to admit that living in New York City for those 10 years, much of it's a blur as well. It's really crazy to not be able to remember your life. You know, people talk about memories and this happening and, and oh, I remember when I was this age and or at that restaurant. And I'm lucky to remember anything. I just remember I had a, I call it my cheers bar in Hell's Kitchen. And I was there literally every day and I would just get blackout drunk and, you know, they'd shut down the bar and then there I would be still drinking. I was just like the local drunk, even though you're living in a city with millions of people. That's how I felt. You know, I had a lot of messes I had to clean up. I had people who had to clean up messes for me. Manhattan got to be a bit too much for me and I had an opportunity to move to Atlanta for a job um, working in radio and television production, which is amazing. And the fact that I was able to do that, make the move and maintain that job for five years is impressive. Though I almost did lose it a few times because of my drinking and drugging. It's true what they say, wherever you go, there you are. You know, I met new people, found more drugs, did more escaping. For me, things really took a turn for the worst when my mom got very sick out of the blue. Um, she was teaching third grade, and they thought it was a stroke, but nobody could really diagnose her until one neurologist diagnosed her with Creutz-Jakob disease, which is a one-in-a-million rare disease. And it took her in eight short weeks. Um, you know, seeing her lying in that hospital bed just deteriorating was hands down the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And I just spiraled completely after that. You know, my very existence was shattered and I just, I didn't really want to continue on. You know, it was hard. I, I lost my best friend, my confidant, my, my rock and trying to navigate life without her was was just it was too much i couldn't really handle it so the drinking and drugging got even more intense um because i really wanted to escape even more so i wanted to escape remembering her death um because that was just very very difficult so after losing a job due to again my addiction and drinking I made the decision to go to rehab and it was a conscious decision because, you know, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. The gig was up. Everything just felt heavy and I needed a way out. I went to rehab in Florida for 62 days and 
you know, it was great. I, I got clear headed for the first time since I was a young teenager and I dove deep into many things that, you know, I never wanted to face, but ultimately had to, you know, you're kind of in a bubble when you're in rehab. Um, you have no contact really with the outside world. So you're kind of forced to look at yourself and, and face your demons and try to overcome them. And again, it was a great experience for me. Um, one that I do not regret. And I'm very happy that, that I have that, you know, all of the things that I learned there, you know, keep in my back pocket at all times. After rehab, I strung together a good 90 days of sobriety, um, but that was short-lived because I picked up again. So, you know, 62 days in rehab, I stayed sober, obviously, because couldn't get any alcohol. And then not even 30 days later, I picked back up. So I clearly was still in a battle with myself, and the battle was winning. I was losing. I went to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous following rehab, and, you know, I was known as a constant relapser. I would string together a couple days, and, you know, then I'd be back on day one. I was always on day one quite often. I just could not get past myself. So after a few years of trying the rooms, I just gave up and I left and continued on my destructive path that was my life. I still just saw escaping was the solution. I felt it was what I deserved. I just couldn't stop. You know, a lot of bad things happened while I was in active addiction. A lot of things I never thought would happen to me, uh, but the truly ugly did happen. So, you know, there's always the yets. You have to remember, you know, it didn't happen to me yet, but it can. And for me, you know, I was raped twice, both times by people I thought were my friends that simply took advantage of me. I've been drugged and robbed by a complete stranger. I invited off the street to a hotel room because I thought he had cocaine. And it turns out he had heroin in powder form. But I was already too drunk to realize that's what it was. And he ended up robbing me. Um, and again, I was left to pick up a huge mess. Something that I will never, ever forget was my head-on car collision. I was blackout drunk, three times the legal limit, and a block away from my home. Not even, like a turn away from my home. And got into a crash. And the person that I hit was a 16-year-old girl. This is uh, this is hard to talk about because I could have killed her. And thank God there was no serious injuries. Um, you know, I got arrested and it was it's just it's it's an ugly memory, but it's one that I'm glad that I actually do remember because it reminds me of how things can go when I drink, when I pick up. Bad things happen. It's never good. When I finally decided to get sober for the umpteenth time, I, I had truly had enough. I didn't, I didn't want to escape anymore, even though that was my favorite thing to do. I wanted to live life and actually be present. And we all owe ourselves a chance at our best life. One of my favorite sayings is, my mistakes led me to the best things in my life. And it sounds cliche, I know. But all that I went through 
got me to this place that I'm at today. And I'm grateful for all of it, even the, even the ugly, because without that, I wouldn't be who I am. I needed those things to happen in order to grow as a person. There was one single day that changed everything for me. And it was just a random chance meeting someone who was a stranger. And that stranger gave me a gift. She broke down my walls and believe me, they were very, very high. And she took away my armor. She's now my best friend. And she reminded me what it felt like to be alive. You know, finally I had this friendship that wasn't based solely on getting drunk, getting high, partying, doing insane, obscure, stupid things. It was real, and she stood by me. Um, you know, she, she took no shit from me because I could be a handful, and I know that. But her honesty, it forced me to push myself and work hard on who I was and who I wanted to be. She truly inspires me. And again, that one day changed everything. Um, I owe my life to Jess, and I will never, ever forget that. I hope that all of you out there receive a gift as precious as, as that one that she gave me you know, my life. After meeting her, I got sober three and a half months after that. And I've been sober ever since. I just recently celebrated two years of sobriety. And, you know, my story is not a pretty one, but it is one of growth and a lot of gratitude. In my past, I always lived having regrets or continuously beating myself up over you know, my flaws, uh, my mistakes and imperfections, but those things are exactly what have made me, me. Without those highs and lows, I would more than likely be less of a person. You know, I needed to struggle. I needed to fall. And getting back up again should be your proudest moments. It means that you're still here. Your heart is still beating and you never stop fighting for yourself. The low moments don't make you any less of a person. They, in fact, just make you human. It's funny to me now how much I fought the change to be happy and healthy. I just never thought it was attainable. I never thought, oh, I deserve that, or, you know, I'm worth anything good. We all get steered off course in our lives, you know, and into unchartered territory, but we can always turn things back around. It's never, ever too late for that, for a new beginning. You know, that's my hope for any of you struggling, that if you're feeling submerged in that darkness, that you find your light again. And I know it's hard to get past your demons. You know, they're very prominent, especially when you're using. They make you believe lies, and and they're just out to destroy you. So you have to really dig deep in order to overcome them. 
What's helped me most along my sobriety journey was taking a good hard look at myself and really looking deep down inside and taking the journey to discover who I am. You know, having people who believe in me that I can be better and do better for my life. That truly changed my entire way of thinking. I didn't want to let these people who believed in me down. And then in turn, it passed along to me. I didn't want to let me down. I finally was starting to like myself. You know, loving myself is still a work in progress. Acceptance is key. That is the answer. Uh, Once I gave myself permission to be angry about my past, to acknowledge all of it, you know, all the dirty, the ugly, the dark, and then peel back layer after layer, that's when I started to figure out what makes me tick and then how to fight for myself and become my own cheerleader. And that's not to say that all of my demons are completely gone because I'm not sure that they ever will be. You know, I still struggle, I still fall, but having the tools to work through all of that and having a clear, sober head made all the difference. You know, I have to work really, really hard every single day to keep my head on straight. And if the feeling of wanting to pick up arises, I need to know how to shut that down quickly. My advice to anybody who is struggling with substance abuse or mental health is don't ever give up. No matter what anyone tells you, there's always hope that you can make it out on the other side. Just do not stop fighting for yourself. And allow your story to have grace. It's, it doesn't have to be perfect to matter. Don't, don't allow any failures prevent you from enjoying this journey. We're here for our journeys. We're here to climb our mountains. Use whatever pain and suffering you've experienced to fuel your desire to grow stronger, to become a better you. You know, you're never done learning. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I can finally look in a mirror and not hate what I see. And that took over 20 years to get to that point. But when you get that clarity and you have that realization that I do matter and, you know, this is me, I can finally look in a mirror and not hate what I see. You know, I can be proud of who I've become, be proud of all that I've overcame up to this point. And I can look in the mirror and still see that person, that person back then, even though I look unrecognizable, I see me and I see the the person that was struggling with those ugly thoughts and those ugly feelings inside my head and and know that I'm still standing here. I'm breathing, I'm grateful, I'm blessed. My hope for this podcast is that it will bring healing and peace to both my guests and the listeners. In some way, I want to spread the message that recovery is possible. We do recover and sobriety is beautiful. If I can reach even one soul living on this planet and let them know they're not alone and that there truly is light on the other side of all that fear and all of that dark, it will have made this all worth it. So thank you for joining me on this journey. This is Remember Your Why.